This, this is God Stories Radio Podcast. God Stories Radio With Fritz, Mike, and Tina. Hi there. We here at God Stories Radio are reaching out to you and your business to sponsor us for as little as $10 a month. We need you so that we can continue bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement through the power of the Christian testimony. By your business blessing us monthly, we are able to bless others weekly. To sponsor us, email GodStoriesRadio at gmail.com. And you don't have to be a business to be a blessing. Visit GodStoriesRadio.com to donate securely through PayPal. Just press the button. You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast with Mike, Fritz, Trish, and Tina. Listen to us live on the Mixler app. Also, be sure to follow us on iHeartRadio and you will never miss an episode. everybody doing out there we want to welcome everybody on that's listening in on mixler and uh, everybody on youtube that's with us tonight thank Hello. you very much yeah our faces for radio you betcha not mine <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes sir we we're gonna have a good time tonight we got a special guest in the studio tonight he's gonna give his testimony and but first one of my favorite times of the night is gonna be uh the shout outs what you got over there babe well, we've got some new Facebook likes. Uh, Sir William Thompson. Sir William Thompson, thank, thank you. you. Appreciate so, uh, that. Like us on Facebook. And a friend we all know and love, Barbara St. Clair. Yay, Barb. Yay, Barbara, thank you. All right. Yes, anybody out there, again, that listens to God Stories Radio and we have not liked us yet on Facebook, please go there and do that. Amen to that. That's right. Like us, love us, want some more of us. <laughs> yeah, what else you got, babe? We've got some new regions listening. So, um, Valsia, Romania. Valsia, Romania. Wow. Wow. Thanks for listening out there. Valais, Switzerland. Valais, Switzerland. Wow. Wow, Switzerland, Romania. Welcome. And Wirral, UK. In the UK. UK is okay. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the same thing as Britain? Yeah. Yeah. England. You bet. Yeah. Just checking. Yeah, it actually encompasses uh, England, Scotland, Wales, and Ireland. Ireland. Does it include Ireland? Ireland's kind of disconnected, isn't it? Wait a minute. Let me well, think according about that. to the when they give the regions, yeah. they break all of those up, I think. I've seen them all, I think maybe for Scotland. Uh, yeah, I think it's 
Ireland, Scotland, and Wales for United Kingdom. Speak up, babe, please. Yeah. Um, United Kingdom. There we go. So, Fritz, what are you doing over there? I'm trying to mix it and fix it. <laughs> Looks like you're doing some fixing. I am mixing. doing some fixing. I'm trying to get my wife to speak up. Well, she's got, you she's know got that me. soft little voice, you know, it's just so kind of mousy. It's not my voice, it's my mic. It's not your mic. That's a quality, high quality mic. Top, top of the line. Top of the line. There okay. we go. Even our guest is chiming in tonight. I love it. <laughs> I like it. It's going to be great. So, anyway. Anyway, uh, it's Thursday night. Thursday night. Yes, it is. We so glad everybody's night. here. Man, we got a bunch of folks on Mixler tonight. We got about seven or eight people. I can't tell who they are. But uh, welcome. Welcome, Cheryl Duvall. I know who you are. Welcome yes, we Welcome to do. the program tonight. And uh, Janelle Grimm, uh, welcome to the program tonight. And I uh, want to welcome everybody that's uh, watching YouTube. our Face for Radio on YouTube. And we want to welcome uh, Kirsten Johnson, who's our latest like on YouTube. All right. Thank you, Kirsten. Thank you, Kirsten. Thank you. We appreciate that immensely. Welcome, everybody. What do you got over there, Mikey? Well, um, first, we, did, we didn't we have someone push the button during the week? Our fellow trucker? Oh, yeah, J.D. Marshall. J.D. Trucker J.D. We love that guy, man. And he's going to come in the studio here uh, probably when he gets back to Florida and, and give us his testimony about Israel and oh, I can't, all that I cool can't stuff, man. I cannot wait. But he gave us $100, and uh, we are so blessed. I'm telling you. We just thanking each and every one of you for everything that you've done for GSR. And uh, even if you haven't gone, given monetarily, that's okay. You know, we're not in it for the money, but we'll sure take the prayer and support that way. So, and we'll take your testimony too. You got oh, a testimony. We will. We'll definitely take that. You got it. We got some good testimonies lined up coming in the near future. Looking forward to meeting you, JD. So. That's <laughs> right. She hasn't met. She him. has not met Sir JD. Yeah. It's going to be great. Definitely. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at a, um, a remark that came from uh, Lee Amazing back on uh, mid-April. Yeah, I remember that. All right. Uh, I came from Spotify, and I just want to quickly say that I love what you do, and I support you 100%. If you ever feel like I could help you, let me know. Those little messages, we just love those. Definitely, and you can definitely be praying for us. Thank you. And then we had, uh, did I see that correctly, that Jill already designed that sticker? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was on the back of a car. She sent you it a was picture probably her of car. the back of the car. I loved it. Yep. She's going to send the, re the remaining two, I think, that she had to God Stories Radio. So oh. one's going on my car, and you guys will have to fight the other one. <laughs> well, Mike, I don't know. Maybe they're Mikey, going on your car, and I, I won't have one. No, Mikey can have it. Yeah. Fine. We gotta, maybe we got to look into that. <laughs> we want to welcome Marshall and Jude to the show. They're uh, uh, listening us via Mixler. Welcome to the show. We appreciate it because uh, when you follow us on Mixler, I can see who you are. And I appreciate you guys so much tuning in. You have uh, tuned into a good one tonight. And when they follow us on Mixler, what else happens? They get notifications of when we go live. So when we go live, it'll pop up on their phone that GSR has gone live. And what else can they do on Mixler and 
uh, YouTube at this oh, point. Oh man, they can chat with us. They can get involved. As a matter of fact, yeah. somebody is chatting with me now. Uh, so back to you. All right. Well, again, out there, if, if you're listening to us on Mixler or if you're watching us on YouTube, just remember that you can be a part of this. You can interact with us. Uh, just uh, type away, and Fritz is uh, there as he is right now, typing away. We love it. Definitely. So, um, who's introducing our guests today? I will be. I think Mikey should. Wonderful. Because uh, I'm just as, I, I, I have met this gentleman before. I have not. You have not. I have not. But I, I don't know the background and the situation, and so I can't give him that, you know. Um, I've Bob got Barker the entrance, bit, you know. <laughs> I get the little bit that happened. Um, okay, I guess we're going to introduce uh, our, our guest here right now. Um, Wait, stop the press. Stop the press. Stop, stop the, press. the press. I just got a text. You did? Yes, I sure did. This particular text says, it's Eddie's birthday today. Oh, oh, no. oh yeah, that's right. Snack. <laughs> I still have them. You bet you, buddy. <laughs> so we're going to do it. Let's just do it. Let's All just right. go for it. Right? On, on three, on right? On three. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Cha-cha-cha. Happy birthday to you. Cha-cha-cha. Happy birthday, dear Eddie. Happy birthday to you. And many more and many on more. Channel Happy Four. Eddie. That was fabulous. <laughs> and that was uh, that was brought courtesy of Cheryl Duvall and uh, Ministries. She's always looking out for me. You betcha. You <laughs> <laughs> always got your best side. Yes, he does. <laughs> uh, All right, uh, on with the introductions, right. there, Mikey. Sorry, uh, that um, was worthy of a. A couple weeks ago, uh, my roommate, uh, or I'm actually his roommate, Martin, and uh, he has sent us a bunch of people <clears throat> as guests. Uh, number 10, our most famous one, pretty much. Uh, but we were talking, and I was telling them that, uh, you know, the uh, real-life story that they had on uh, on the weekend a couple weeks ago, that I'm, you know, I'm on a security team, so I'm in there looking, you know, and I'm able to look over the heads there coming in and coming out, and I was kind of, in a way, kind of looking for his face. And we were talking about that, and he says, well, I know him. I says, what do you, how do you know him? He says he just came out to my house a couple weeks ago and did whatever you do. And um, so I says, well, then how about uh, touching base with him for me? And he did. And he texted him everything else. And Eddie texts back, sure. And then um, we saw, I saw the Rev. <laughs> Sir Gary. A couple days ago. The Rev. I had and, breakfast with the Rev this yeah. morning. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. I've been in Dusty. Oh, yeah. Oh, Dusty was with him? Mm -hmm. Awesome. So um, he was telling me that um, Eddie had come into the shop and he's saying, you know, I got this, this God Stories radio. You guys know about this? And they started to ask questions and Gary says, we're going to just keep quiet and just listen, listen to him go on and on. And then they just uh, let him know that they've also been on. So um, that's the interaction that I got for it. So uh, Eddie finally made it here on his birthday. Yeah. So Eddie... Duval, take it away. Now that's commitment. I got to tell you because a lot of people won't, don't come when we ask. Nevertheless, come on their birthday. Oh, so yeah. he gets uh, extra props for that. Yeah. <laughs> I think he ain't leaving here without a t-shirt. That's right. Oh, He's going to get sure. him with a t-shirt. Yeah, sure. we'll send one for you and uh, one for Cheryl for ratting you out. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she'll, she'll love it. We'll wear it everywhere. You betcha. <laughs> yeah, when you first asked me, I, I forgot who Martin was, but uh, I've done, I do some work for him all the time. And uh, you asked me, and I was like, uh, I was pretty excited about getting on here because I, I, I like uh, letting people know, you know, what happened and how I got to be where I am now because God did some mighty things in my life. And so I was excited to have the opportunity to uh, share that with everyone. Well, so, you got 90 countries on your, at your attention. Yeah, right no now. pressure, no pressure, no pressure. Well, I'm actually uh, only talking to three people. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. Yeah. You know, we apologize in advance. That That's fine. <laughs> so the, uh, <clears throat> the, the, Church did a pretty good um, uh, video for my testimony. It's pretty dramatic, you know, but it was about uh, two minutes long. But my uh, my story starts way back, uh, actually, fifty six years ago today. Well, <laughs> you're in good company there, but yeah, we I was born in uh, Mississippi, grew up over there. My mom and dad, you know, they raised us. They both worked two jobs, trying to make the bills things like that. And they were alcoholic. My grandparents were alcoholic and most of my other uh, relatives were alcoholic. And then when we were growing up, there wasn't a bunch of, uh, there was discipline for sure because when we got in trouble, we got, we got in trouble for doing things, but we had a lot of free time on our, on our own, you know, made sure we was home by dark before mom got home, things like that. And, mm-hmm. But we were pretty, uh, pretty rambunctious, and I was like the the oldest of the three boys, so I kind of led the way, you know, tearing stuff up and junk like that. And uh, as when I was younger, I think I don't really remember being in the church, but I remember being exposed to it. I think we went to kindergarten at a Baptist church, mm-hmm. something like that. So I had a an idea that you know there was a God, and. But we never really uh, pursued it. We didn't go to church regularly. You know, we didn't read the Bible or anything like that. We just kind of went through life, you know, depending on our own selves. And then uh, as I started to get older, I started to notice that uh, a lot of attention that I was looking for, I wasn't really getting it from my uh, parents for necessarily being good. You know, I'd make... A, B, honor roll, most valuable player in little league sports and stuff like that and didn't really get the attention that I was seeking. But then uh, I found that when I got into trouble with like the police and things like that, I got plenty of attention. <laughs> you know, they were, they, were, they were really concerned about my welfare, the direction I'm going with my life and stuff. And it, I started getting in trouble, you know, probably when I was about... Uh, eight or nine years old. And then uh, when my dad would come home from like fishing or something like that, we'd always sneak into his boat and drink the leftover beers. So I started drinking probably around 10, 11. And then around 12, I graduated uh, smoking weed, getting high, getting high after school and stuff like that. And then my grades started to, uh, you know, go downhill. I wasn't, listening to my parents anymore. Not that I'd really listened to them a lot, but I was even less listening now or then. And I found that uh, I was kind of uh, seeking 
um, I guess uh, I wanted to be connected with people. I wanted to be uh, loved and I wanted to be accepted, you know, so I started doing things that I thought other people thought was good and fun, you know, because whenever... Whenever I'd go to parties and stuff like that, I'd start drinking and, you know, I was kind of the, the, the fun guy of the party and everybody kind of like having me around, you know, I, I was funny making jokes and, you know, if somebody jumped off the high dive, I'd jump off the roof. You know, if somebody jumped off the roof, I'd get a running start and jump off the roof Gotta and stuff. Be one like, better, huh? Yeah, I was a yeah. one better guy. One better. <laughs> <laughs> and I would do, do, do like crazy stuff. My, my brother and I was riding in a boat in the bay in the middle of the night, like midnight, drunk, fully clothed, and skirting across the lake. And I just jumped right out of the boat. No reason or nothing. And it was pitch black. You know, I, I don't know why I did stuff like that, but it got the attention that I was seeking. You know, everybody thought I was crazy. And so that was, that was you know, what I was looking for. And I was finding that... Um, you know, my 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 life was revolving around um, <clears throat> satisfying my desires for uh, a, attention, and as I started to use more and more drugs and alcohol, I kind of was losing control of stuff because I I I was a blackout drinker. You know, I I drink all day and all night, and people were amazed that I could keep drinking and I don't even remember but I was still drinking even though I was in a blackout I was still drinking wow and I just kept going until I uh, I, I kept graduating to worse and worse crimes forgeries breaking and enterings stuff like that and then I got sent to um, rehab uh, they they decided instead of uh, sending me to jail they would send me to uh a uh, rehab center, 30-day inpatient. It's way out in the woods someplace where, and this is way before cell phones and stuff. And I decided to, uh, I was only uh, 17, 16, 17, something like that. My brain cells aren't all there. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, during that period, me and another guy decided that we didn't want to be there anymore. So we cut all the tires to the one vehicle was there and we cut the phone line. And so they were basically stranded and so we took off running, and we hitched a train, thought we was going to drive it out west to California, and we are in uh, Panama City, Florida at that time. Stayed on the train for a couple hours and finally got off of it and figured out we were in Dothan, Alabama. We were going north. We weren't going west like we uh-huh. wanted. And so we decided the best, next best thing to do would be to uh, steal a car. Uh. So we stole a car. And ended up driving that, and that led to uh, an armed robbery. We needed money for gas to get to where we were going, so I went inside of a store, and I pulled a knife on uh, the the lady that was behind the register. Got uh, $71 and a six-pack of beer. And then uh, we took off, and we didn't get probably 10 miles away, and we got caught. And so I got caught, and I was... uh, I was 17 at the time, but because of the severity of the crime, they remanded me to adult court, so they made me an adult. And so I went from the DYS, Division of Youth Services, which is a bunch of kids. They took me over to the main jail where and put me in with the other people that had like crimes. There was you know, some vicious guys in there. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, it was pretty scary. <clears throat> Ended up being in there for about uh, six months. And my dad, you know, mortgaged the house or whatever he did to get a lawyer. And they dropped the charges on the uh, agreement that I would join the Air Force. They don't do that anymore. No, they don't. No. That's what they used to do back then. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's what they did. And so I had to wait about six months because I wasn't uh, seven. I wasn't 18 yet, but they actually let me in in March, about three months before I turned turned 18. And so when I got in the Air Force, they gave me an ID that basically said I was 21. And so <laughs> I started going to the bars uh-huh. stuff, oh, and I was only there for about two years, but I was, I was basically drunk the whole time. I got uh, several Article 15s. Ended up, uh, I got a DUI on the Air Force Base, and they court-martialed me. So I had to go through a court-martial, you know, there was all this stuff. So it was pretty dramatic, you know. But, you know, I, I, I got through it. God, God, he, he had something for me. He kept bringing me through all this stuff. Now, all the way up to that time, I I I don't recall ever having uh, a gospel message, you know, said to me or anything like that. I was still, you know, pursuing life on what I knew about life. So when I got out of the Air Force, I came back to uh, Panama City, and I just kind of picked up where I was. I've always been a hard worker. I always had a job. So I had a job. I'd go to work, but I'd be like hungover or something like that, not in bad, not in good shape. And so I proceeded to get uh, two DUIs in Panama City. So I decided I need to leave. Ended up going to uh, Louisiana. And over there, they have like uh, festivals every weekend for something. They're always celebrating something. Mm-hmm. They, they like to celebrate in Louisiana's Cajun country. And so I managed to uh, get two DUIs over there. And so I've got a, I've got a two DUI limit before I leave town. <laughs> so I got my two, two limit and then I left and went to- uh, Treat it like fishes. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> I bagged my limit in Louisiana, so I left. Uh-huh. And then uh, I ended up going back to, I uh, went to Kentucky and driving through Kentucky, I got a DUI. And then, uh, so I decided to go back home to Panama City and I ended up getting- uh, Four more DUIs in Panama wow. City, and after about the, uh, it's going for the record. Yeah, I guess. So. Well, I had a total of thirteen. Well, it you was, gotta have a goal. It was two in Louisiana, two in Kentucky, two in South Carolina, and six convictions in Florida. But I got a seventh DUI in 2010 in Florida. But on the sixth DUI in Florida, they sentenced me to prison. So I had to go to state prison. I had 42 months, four and a half, three and a half years. Now, during all that time, uh, I believe that I'd been presented with the, the gospel message, but I always felt like when, when they were telling, I was convicted in my heart when that person told me the gospel message, and I knew that what I was doing wasn't the right thing to be doing, but I also had an idea, a perception of Christianity was you can't drink, you can't smoke, you can't cuss, you can't chase women, you can't do you can't do nothing. And I'm like, well, I'm not ready to give all that stuff up right now. Mm-hmm. And so I decided that I would continue down the path that I was going. 
And I, I like to say my best thinking landed me in prison. You know, that was the best that I could do managing on my own life, got me to prison. And when I was going in and out of jails, it it didn't really bother me because I didn't have a family or nothing. So it's like vacation. Like, wow. I, I used to tell people I was doing uh, life in prison on the installment plan because I'd go in for six months, I'd get out for six months, go back, then I'd get nine months, then I'd get a year. And it was just in and out, back and forth. And it just wasn't a uh, a good good place for me. But it didn't bother me <laughs> because, you know, I was just living my life. So when I got to prison, I'd heard stories about prison and, you know, this happening, you know, the the stuff that you can run into with, you know, some bad guys in there. And so I decided that while I was in there, <clears throat> I wasn't going to associate with anybody. I didn't want to be your friend. I'm not going to be in touch with you after you get out, nothing like that, you know. I'm just going to do my time, sit on my bunk, and not bother anybody. And so I decided while I was in jail waiting to go to prison, I started reading a Bible. I don't know why. I just picked it up and decided that I was going to hide behind the Bible, basically. You know, I was going to put my head in the Bible. I'll go to church, and if anybody sees me, I'm reading my Bible. You know, I, I was kind of like seeking protection. There, there just happened to be one there. Well, there's Bibles all over the place in prison and yep. jails. You know, they they really, uh, and I'll get more into that later. But the uh, So I started reading my Bible, you know. I started at uh, Genesis, and I read it all the way through. I probably read it through about four or five times while I was in there. And the stuff started to, uh, I wasn't really having a relationship with Christ because there was nobody there to encourage me or, talk about what I was reading. I was just, you know, reading the Bible. That's all I was doing. I wasn't praying. I wasn't doing it. I was just reading the Bible. But what I was reading was starting to affect me. You know, I was, I was, I was, I was changing without trying to change, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Oh, and, yeah. And then, what do they uh, say? The Bible is living and active, right? Yeah, it, 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 it changes you, you know. The, 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 there's power in the word. Then uh, it came time as I was getting short, they call it getting short, getting uh, into sentence. And I was supposed to go to a uh, work release center because I'm going to have to go to work and go back to jail and stuff like that. And they asked, basically said I could go anywhere in the state to do my work release. And I decided, well, I'm not going back to Panama City because that's where all my trouble happened. Mm hmm I figured Miami was uh, a little too fast for me. I'd probably get in more trouble down mm -hmm. there. And then I couldn't decide on Tampa or Daytona because I wanted to be at a beach. And so I picked Orlando because then I figured I'd go to either one of the beaches. Mm -hmm. And then there was a uh, work release center here called The Bridge. It's called Bridges of America now. It was started by uh, Frank Constantino. He was a prison guy. And it's a Christian-based work release center. So I went over there. <clears throat> and I had to stay on the compound and then go to work and stay on the compound. But they had Bible studies, they had church, and they had all that stuff. And so I started getting really deep in into the Bible, and I learned, I, I, I never did get the whole relationship with Christ thing down mm -hmm. then, but my I, I was studying and becoming more and more knowledgeable of what the Bible was 
talking to me about. And during that time, I, I, I got baptized at the prison event. And then, uh, you know, I, I was I just kept doing my time. And then I finally got my release date. And when I had my release date, I'd saved up probably about five grand, something like that, you know, for money. And as soon as I got done, I paid off my probation so I could get off probation. And my mom had some bad teeth, you know, hooked her up with some, you know, new teeth and stuff like that. But I didn't, I didn't have a plan. That's one of the things that I, I try and stress to uh, people who are incarcerated or, you know, in some kind of rehab or something like that. It's great that you're getting fixed and you find, I, I know a lot of people who find Jesus and, you know, they get the, the, the prison Jesus or whatever they call it. But I didn't have a plan for when I got out. I didn't have a, uh, a church lined up. I didn't, uh, I didn't tell a lot of people. I told my brothers and sisters and they kind of, you know, here's this alcoholic telling people he got uh, Jesus in prison uh -huh. and they're like, yeah, right. Okay, sure. <laughs> see how you do when you get out and see if you can, you know, do all that. Yep. It's one thing to stay sober in prison. <laughs> it's another thing, thing to stay sober on the streets. Well, it was, I was true to my uh, form. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a plan for anything. So when I got out, it took me about uh, three months and I was drunk again. And that was in uh, 88. I actually, the, the day I got released from prison was, uh, uh, to go to the work release center was February 29th, 1988. So I've only been out about, you know, eight years. I've only been able, you know, February 29th leap year. So kind of a little joke that y'all didn't get. <laughs> uh, I wasn't sure whether I was supposed to be still be serious or not. There, so. but that, that's part of my personality is I kind of, kind of, uh, you're in good company there. Yeah. So like I said, I didn't, um, I didn't have a plan. I ended up being drunk again. So that was in uh, <clears throat> 88. And then uh, around 1990, 1992, something like that, I got in, I got in trouble again. I had to, uh, I, I was driving without a driver's license. I got 23 no valid driver's license. I've been pulled over and arrested for that 23 times. Wow. And on this particular time, every time I see the blue lights, I know I'm going to jail for at least a year because that's that's what they give you for, that's what they give me. So I saw the lights, you know, made one quick phone call to whoever I was living with at the time, and they took me to jail. And then I was sentenced to a year in the Orange County Jail. And uh, after about two weeks, I was able to get into the work release program. You know, you stay on site and you get a job. And so I already had a job. And so my my employer applied to have me come work for him so I could keep my job. But then uh, I found out you could only stay out 14 hours a day, six days a week, unless you went to some kind of self-help thing, like AA meetings mm -hmm. or church or something like that. So I started going to AA meetings. I'd been going to them when I was in prison, but I wasn't really doing it. So I started going to AA meetings in, when I was in work release around 19, it's either 90 or 92, something like that. And while I was in AA, <clears throat> the second step is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And that really hit me because I 
by working the steps and stuff like that, I, I figured out that I didn't have to do anything, which is kind of like the message of the gospel. You don't have to do anything. I didn't have to quit smoking. I didn't have to, I don't have to do any of that. All I had to do is receive the free gift of salvation. But, I, but I always thought that I had to work for it. Oh, yeah. And I found out in AA that I could get sobriety. I just, I, I, I could come to believe. I don't have to believe right now. And so I started working the steps in the uh, program. And <clears throat> I found in the beginning that uh, that was a way to find the higher power, who I choose to call God. And so I started going to AA uh, pretty often to stay sober. And I met some dude, his name was Pete. He was my sponsor. And so I still hadn't developed a relationship with God, but I was staying sober. I wasn't drinking. And so I was able to stay sober. It was about uh, seven years. We would go to one meeting a week, and then me and Pete would go and have dinner at Dan's Diner over there on Highway 50 in Pine Hills. And then that was it. And then I'd stay sober all week because I knew I had to see Pete on Tuesday to go to the meeting. That worked out great for seven years. Right. <clears throat> then Pete, you know, passed away. Oh. Yeah, you know, he, he was a good man. He helped me a lot, but he was no longer there. And I didn't have, I didn't know anybody else in the rooms. I didn't have any other phone numbers. And so when he passed away, I stopped going to AA meetings. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so it took me about uh, three years. And during that time that I'd stayed sober, I, uh, I, I got married, bought a house, started my own business, and changed, did like a 180. And what was interesting to me, and I tried to think about it, but I never did turn to God that whole time. You know, even though I, I knew about God and the Bible and stuff like that from my prison days, when I got sober, I never really pursued him. You know, I was getting closer with the AA, with the spiritual awareness and junk like that, but I never did make the connection. So when Pete died, it took about uh, it took about three years, and uh, I didn't start drinking, but that's when I started my drug phase. Mm -hmm. I started taking uh, ecstasy and acid and coke and morphine and you know whatever else there was if you had it i wanted it oh you know and i was always the type of guy to where uh that stuff is expensive you know so what i would do is i'd buy more and then sell it and then use the profits for my use and so that's that's what i what i did and and i could find i could pretty uh pretty well function because I wouldn't do it during work because you get really wasted when you take that stuff. You can't, you can't go to work. I mean, I did, but not regularly. So I'd always have to do it on the weekends and stuff, and it kind of worked out for me. And I did that for about three years. And then in uh, 2003, uh, I had uh, around that time, I had like a, a bad experience to where uh, – I didn't like it no more. And so I just, I started not doing it less, but then I started drinking again. And dude, it was like, I just, like I'd never stopped. Wow. I'd, I'd been sober almost 10 years without drinking. I'd say sober. I hadn't drank in over 10 years. And 
the when I started drinking again, I went back to my shop, opened up the. I was on a Saturday, so I was the only one there. I opened up the office door, turned off the alarm, and there was a little six pack cooler. I opened it up, and there were six beers in there. I didn't think nothing of it. Went back to my office, started farting around on the computer, and next thing I know, I'm thinking, you know what? I could probably have one of those. Yeah, it's like a cosmic magnet or something over there. Yeah, yep, yep, and nobody would ever know. Yep, and just have one. It wasn't an hour later; all six of those beers were gone, and I was on my. I had a little moped, you know, a little Mm -hmm. pedaling motorcycle, and I just went from bar to bar between the shop and my house and I never made it to the house. It was two o'clock that morning and some police officer was kicking me. Hey, you can't sleep here because I was in the bushes and I had my bike parked on the sidewalk. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I had to call my girlfriend, which is my wife now, Cheryl, to uh, come get me and somebody else to come get the bike and the guy let me go. But that was the beginning of, you know, another uh, seven years of alcoholism. And it was uh, it was pretty bad, <clears throat> and I still hadn't, uh, and I'd still been hearing the gospel message. You know those guys on the bullhorn when you go downtown and stuff like that. You know they give you the pamphlets mm-hmm. and junk like that. I never did actually respond to any of that, but I heard it. Okay, and a, a lot of, a lot of people think that that stuff is you know, overboard, whatever. And I'm, I'm like, you do whatever God leads you to do. You know, if that's what, and it may or may not hit people. It it didn't, I didn't accept Christ at that time or anything like that, but I heard what they were saying and I was convicted. Mm-hmm. And I knew that there was something real to what they were doing. I may not agree with their application or whatever yeah. like that, but they're telling the truth, <laughs> you know, and it, and it was convicting me. <clears throat> And so uh, <clears throat> I just started, uh, I was drinking. I, I got really bad. I was, uh, <clears throat> I didn't have a driver's license. I never had a driver's license in my whole life. I went 40 years without driving. I always had a a bus, a friend, a, somebody gave me a ride. I had plenty of cars, but I couldn't drive them. Mm-hmm. You know, I always had to pay somebody to drive them. I had an employee. He'd pick me up in the morning. We'd go to the 7-Eleven. I'd get a couple tall boys and, on the way to work, I'd drink those, and <clears throat> I'd go out, and then I couldn't go back to the shop and after lunch because by that time I'd already had enough beers to where a normal person could tell that I'd been drinking, so I had to you know steer clear of trouble. And then a couple times I got on the phone with customers, and I wasn't you know the professional I should have been, and we lost some contracts. And then in um, 2010. I had my driver, he parked a van at my house and he lived across the street, but then I had another friend of mine was uh, spending the night because we had to go to work the next morning. We're sitting in the garage drinking beers and he got through about uh, 12 of them through a case and I decided that I wanted some cocaine. And so we decided to jump in the van. He didn't have a driver's license either, so I said I would drive. So... Here we are driving the van all over town. And it's like, uh, it's probably about nine, 10 o'clock at night, something like that. So we're going to this bar, going in and see if, hey, you got anything, stuff like that. And so ended up uh, right there at uh, 441 in Sand Lake. I got uh, pulled over for crossing lanes too fast or without a turn, whatever, something that was crossing lanes. 
Well, I turned right and got pulled over, so I basically got pulled over in a company van, (coughs) which was pretty bad. But then, uh, you know, that's what happened. So I I had to go to jail. Well, my my boss ends up, uh, these guys really had faith that I was a better person than what I was doing because they bonded me out of jail, and then they got their vehicle out of um, impound. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they loaned me uh, uh, like two grand to pay for a lawyer. I borrowed two from them, two from my brother, and two from my dad. And then I had fifteen hundred. And I got it. It must be like the best lawyer around because he got the DUI thrown out. Wow! But when I I skipped the part, whenever uh, I got arrested, I was uh, in the jail cell. I was forty-eight years old. I was looking at probably eight years in prison, you know, a habitual offender. It's going to be my seventh DUI. And I was like utterly hopeless at that point. I was just, I, I can't even describe the uh, uh, despair that I was feeling at the time. I was going to lose my job, my, my girlfriend at the time. I figured I'd lose her because she's only going to stick around for eight years. You know, I was going to lose my house, everything. I was going to lose everything. And I was 48 years old, and I was going to be 56 by the time I got out. And what was it? I was, I was horrible. And in that jail cell, I I prayed to God. I said, I, I need help. You know, I, I, I need you to take this away from me. And I don't know what happened, but <clears throat> nothing really happened. I just kind of went because I bonded out of jail. So you start going through the motions. You start going back to work. You know, they didn't fire me. They kept me. Went back to work, find a lawyer and stuff like that. And then you just go through. They threw the DUI out because uh, the only good thing about being in the company vehicle is there was a uh, GPS in the vehicle. So it doesn't, you know, track it if it gets stolen. And the cop in his police report said that I was going, uh, South on 441. Well, the GPS said that I was going north on 441. And then he did some of the the testing that he did for me. He used duct tape instead of the three-inch wide tape. Duct tape's only like two-inch, and so that was wrong. And then he stood right next to me while I was doing the walking. They're supposed to stand away from you while you do that. Mm-hmm. So because of the all of that stuff, they threw it out. But All those little coinky days. Yeah. Yeah, my yeah. my attorney knew about him, I guess. Yep. <clears throat> so you, you know, God put that guy in my life. But then uh, they convicted me on the uh, um, no valid driver's license mm-hmm. until I had to do six months in jail here in Orange County. And so I went to work release. So I did my time at work release, and then that's when I did the same thing that I did when I went to prison. I got my Bible back, and I started reading my Bible while it's in. Work release, and I read uh, Rick Warren's uh, Purpose Driven Life oh, because yeah, I was yeah. like trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. Well, you picked a good one. Yep. yep. And then I started going to the AA meetings, but this time, before the first time I went to the AA meetings, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't really doing the stuff that I'm supposed to. Well, this time here, I went there and I got me like a dozen phone numbers. I was calling people. I was going to meetings every single day. Every single day, I I was chair, chairing meetings. I was sponsoring people. 
I was doing everything. And the through the AA meetings, I, I figured out that it was a spiritual program. It was. Every, the, every, everything in the big book of AA. Used you, to be the book of James. Yeah. That's yeah. the book of James and Proverbs. Mm-hmm. And there's some Hebrews in there and stuff like that. There, there's all kinds of stuff in the Bible. It's basically this guy was given a vision by God how to write the Bible in layman's terms. Well, I guess <laughs> I guess in recent years it wasn't politically correct. Yeah. Well, they've had to change the the hymns to thems and mm-hmm. you know to get the stuff, but whatever. That program was spiritual for me and I was getting involved with the service work and loving others, and I was changing my uh, attitudes and my perceptions and stuff. But I found that uh, I wasn't being, I wasn't growing because I did it for about a year, and I wasn't. I, I kind of like reached a a level of uh, okay, is this it? Is this all I got? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I need more, and then that's when. Uh, uh, my brother, an interesting story about my brother. When uh, uh, when I was in prison and I got saved, you know, I told my brothers and sisters, I've got two brothers and two sisters. And when I told uh, them about it, you know, they pretty much scoffed. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, right. You know, Jesus, what is that? Stuff like that. And so they basically ignored it. And then like 20 years later, when I'm going through this, uh, you know, my brother had found Christ like recently, but, and, and he was developing his relationship. And so that, that was really good for me because when I told him where I was at, he was very encouraged by it. And then, uh, he told me that I probably needed to find a church. And so he said, just go to church, go to a different church, go to it more than once. So you, you know, you don't, sometimes you catch them on a bad day or something, Mm -hmm. you know? So I went to a couple of them, a couple of them. And then I ended up, uh, finding uh, real life. I had a couple of friends that went to the one at Claremont. So I went to the one in uh, East Colonial. Still about a 40-minute drive. Actually, the drive to Claremont's easier than the one to Golden Rock. Right. It's, it's Our so, friend Mark Flood out there. Yeah. yeah. I know and love him well, man. Yeah. I used to be, uh, was technical director out there for them when they got started in the theater. Yeah. Love well, those folks. Those are my peeps. Yeah. I uh, And I helped you set up. Yes, you did. Yeah. Took some corks, and but I got you out there. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> well, that, that that's interesting because I've been going there since the day it opened. Because I was well, then I, we probably met you. Yeah, because I started going to uh, the Goldenrod one. I went to like twice, and the second time I went there, they told us that they were opening one in Hunters Creek, which is like it's like fifteen minutes from my house, and so we decided to start going there. And so while I was going there. I I I had said the sinner's prayer, you know, receive Christ as my Lord and Savior, help me repent from my sins. You know, I, I had done that several times, and from what I understand, you know, I'm or I was already going to heaven because of that, but I just wasn't living a uh, a, a a productive, obedient mm-hmm. type of life. And so when I got to uh, real life, I was hungry. I mean, I was like really hungry for direction. I need to know what's going on here. And so I ended up, uh, I took that to Colossians. I took a couple uh, Bible uh, studies with them, Colossians 2-7 series, took that. And that was really great because it uh, it taught me how to read the Bible, 
how to you know pray, how how to how to do the stuff that you know Christians do. So I was really excited about doing that, and then uh, so I was I was I was on my way. You know, I'd went from being lost. To, now you're found. To found. Right. And, you know, it took 40 years. <laughs> Stubborn. <laughs> yeah, well, because I, I wanted to do my own will, my own my own way, you know. And it didn't it, work out well, did it? It, it? And it didn't. And the the toughest thing is, you know, when, when, when I'm talking to people and thinking about stuff, and it, it, it's hard to tell somebody who doesn't know about this to, you know, believe in Jesus and he's going to make your problems go away. Well, that, that's not what it is. You just, all, all you have to do is just receive him. It's a free gift. You don't have to do anything. Just accept it. He's already paid the price and you don't have to do anything. You know, once you do that, then that's when the change occurs and it didn't happen overnight, you know. You know, uh, the first thing to go for me was uh, cussing. You know, every time I'd cuss, I'd, you know, drop F-bombs or whatever like that. And then like, eh, maybe I shouldn't do that. Hmm. And it wasn't like anything had happened three months ago. I'd have said it and not even thought twice about it. Right. But because now I got a Holy Spirit living inside, he's like, eh. And so it's not like I had to change because you told me to. I changed because I wanted to. Okay. Yep. As you mature, you yeah. know it kind of pushes that stuff out. It does, and 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 that that's the exciting part for me is that I didn't have to uh, meet all of these uh, requirements. You know, I didn't have to wear a halo. You know, I didn't have to do any of that stuff. There were some things that I needed to do to promote the stuff. You know, stay in God's Word. You know, pray, fellowship with other people, but. That's where I want it to be to to learn how to get more of this, right. <laughs> you know. And it, one one thing that happened, my 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 wife and I. Oh gosh, I probably shouldn't. I'm I'm horrible at dates, so she's going to tell me that I was wrong when I get home. But it was uh, about 13 years we'd been together, you know, and we we weren't married or anything like that. When I started going to church. God started to put it on my heart that, you know, I probably shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. And then I started, you know, thinking about it and talking about it and, you know, talked with uh, Pastor Pastor Mark and me and Cheryl. We, he actually led us through uh, marriage counseling and stuff like that. And it was on my heart that I needed to not separate relationship-wise. I needed to separate physically-wise. But then I was like, well, can't we just, because I had extra rooms, can't she just be in one room and I'll be in the other room? She said, no, 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 that ain't going to work because it won't work because you'll eventually, uh, you know, hook up or whatever. And so I was like, well, I can't really afford an apartment for her and pay for the house or apartment for me and whatever mm -hmm. it was. And then, you know, we still had kids at the house and it's like, and uh, I was I don't know why I brought it up to my boss, but he says, you can just stay here in our shop. And our shop had a big old giant living room with a kitchen and a bathroom. So I just slept on the sofa and put groceries in the thing, and I was able to stay there for rent free. Cool. Yeah, and I, me and Cheryl, you know, we prayed about it. And we, we still went to church together and stuff like that. And, 
You know, I was just praying for, for direction for God to make sure that we were both, you know, because she had lived part of that life with me. And I, I you know, we needed to make sure that we were going to be going in the right direction, mm-hmm. you know, it, in, in the same direction. Yes, sir. And then, so we prayed about it and it took about, uh, six months. And then, uh, I asked her to marry me. It was, it was nine months total when I left until at the time I moved back. And so we ended up getting married June 1st and we've been married. Like this is the part, I think four or five years. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to get a response on that one. It's, I think it's 2013. So it's going to be five, five years. <laughs> and the amazing thing about the, um, Bible studies and things like that is the more that I read it and I felt a call to tell others about Christ. One of the first things I was asking uh, Pastor Flood is, you know, how do I get involved with putting out God's message? You know, do we pass out flyers? What, what do we do? What, what do we do here? You know, how, how do we make that happen here? And so he talked to me, and we found some different different ways to do it. And one of the ways is I, I, I had a calling to go back to prison, the jails or prisons or something like that. Mm-hmm. And real life doesn't really have a, a, a program for that. But there was a guy out Isaac, here. Isaac did, and Gary. Did, yeah. Well, at the time, it was just I, I only knew Isaac. So I met Isaac first, and it took about uh, – He's a hard guy to get a hold of. It took about two weeks to nail him down. And then so I finally drove out to a shop out here and uh, introduced myself. And, you know, he's a nut. I'm a nut. So we kind of got. we got. <laughs> oh, he we, is. Yeah, we, we, we got along pretty good. And he told me about the Root Motorcycle Prison Ministry, running mm-hmm. out of time motorcycle prison ministry. So I got hooked up with that probably the same year I got married. I think it was. And we started going into prisons. So we go into prisons. They bring the motorcycles in. You talk to the guards, you know, the officers. You talk to the prisoners and stuff like that. And, dude, it's, it is such a the, – the, the, the guys, the men that are in – and women, we go to women's prisons too. The people that are in the uh, prisons, they've reached a point in their life to where they're hopeless. They're looking for something. It's it's uh what the Bible says, you know, it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven than mm-hmm. it is because he's satisfied that he doesn't need anything. What do I need Jesus for? I got everything. Mm-hmm. A guy, a poor man, a prisoner, a sick dude, stuff like that. They're desperate. They 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 need something, and so they need hope. They do. I I tell I tell people uh, uh, anybody who wants to become effective at uh, sharing the gospel, join a prison ministry. Because you're going to go in there and you got a captive audience and these guys are hungry mm-hmm. and you can just practice, <laughs> you know, and you go in there and you start telling them about God's love for them. You know, you, you know, it's, it's, it's absolutely free. It's an absolutely free gift and you receive it and then let him work on you. And so I started doing that and that worked really well. And then uh, a couple of years later, I joined another one, uh, Inmate Encounter which is another one. They're a little bit bigger outfit. They, 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 they do things a little bit different, but it's all the same. We're just going into the prisons, sharing the gospel of Christ with people that are 
in need, hopeless. Mm-hmm. And then just about uh, about the beginning of the year, I actually got accepted. So I go into uh, I had been going into Orange County Jail on Mondays and Fridays, but because of my work schedule, I had to stop doing that. So I, I haven't been able to do that. But I do uh, one of my favorite ministries is student ministry because I I see these kids as uh, confused sometimes. They're mm-hmm. not sure what's up and stuff like that. And then I can tell them a little bit about myself. And, you know, they, they, they respect that. And I can actually help lead them and send them in, in, in really good directions. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I went from lost i was i was wandering around in circles dude i was getting drunk doing drugs doing all kinds of stuff looking for something that was there the whole time you know and i I never really had it presented to me in a fashion where it convicted me in my heart and stuff but i just I, i was just one of those guys and i'm sure there's people in the audience that just feel like you know one more week. I'll do it next week. You know, <laughs> don't I'll, be stubborn uh, like he yeah. was. I'll do it next week or something like that. Yeah. And I'm telling you that if if you're convicted in your heart, I mean, we we see God's creation all over us. You know, to 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 think that you know he didn't make all this stuff. I I, I it just amazes me because it's it's so incredible. You know, the the things that he's done for us to see. You know, his his strength and power. And so the there's nothing to be afraid of, there's nothing to be uh scared of and it was the best thing that I'd ever right. done. I was just going to say you're more better off than you are you are now than you were then. One of the things somebody told me says listen. Let's say that 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 guy says there's not a god and I say there is a god, all right? If he's wrong and there is a God, then he's going to end up living his life. And at the end of it, you know, the Bible says uh, every knee will bow mm-hmm. and say that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, if you do it before you die, then you spend eternity with Christ. Right. If you do it after you die, then you spend eternity in hell. You'll be in, the, in hell doing so it. So if you're wrong and I'm right, then that's what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're right and I'm wrong, I'm going to live, I'm still going to live a good life because I'm going to love my brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a service type of guy. I'm going to be helping out people. I'm going to be serving in the community. I'm going to be uh, watching my finances from a godly thing. And so at the end of my life, what will I have lost? I will not have lost anything. My, my <laughs> exactly. life, compared to what my life was before, mm-hmm. to, now, yeah, and it's like eternity. I tell people, say like this business card. It's like that wide. It's not very wide, you know. And you go from one end of the country to the other end of the country, and that's your life. Eternity. Mm-hmm. This is this is just this is nothing. This seventy years, eighty years we got, mm-hmm. you know. And and my perspective on life, I. I, I, I struggle with stuff all the time. You yeah. know, I, I get upset at people, my employees mostly. That's what I think that's why I don't have enough is God wants me to work on my ability to deal with uh, em- employees. But, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, but 
I wake up every morning and I'm just grateful to uh, be alive. I'm grateful that that I'm here to to do God's work. I ask that He bring somebody these divine appointments. I can't tell you how many times I've been. I just talked to st- total strangers. You know, I don't need to know you to start talking to you. I'll just start talking to you. I look for something that I can comment on right. without being rude. <laughs> mm-hmm. like a Denver Broncos hat or something like that. Mm-hmm. Hey, how about them Broncos or something like that? And then you try and look for an opportunity yep. to say something. I mean, I don't go around beating on my Bible and I don't have the bullhorn and stuff like that, but I try and be aware mm-hmm. of of my surroundings, right. you know, of what's going on. You know, some somebody, one of the great things is people who put like uh, $3 of gas in their car. You know, that's a great opportunity you know, to to go ahead and fill it up for them or something like that, if, if, yeah, you, if yeah. you can. Right. And then while it's pumping, you got about three minutes till it fills up that you can actually. It's, it's amazing, too, because if you ask the Lord to give you those opportunities, he'll oh, he will. sure do it. He will. he will set those things up. And Yeah. But you got to be aware of them. You, you can't do. You can't right. ask for them you and then put the blinders own, on. Right. <laughs> right. You got to be looking be for the fog. And I'm uh-huh. telling you, dude, there's nothing... I mean, uh, I've been high, I've been drunk, I've been all kinds of stuff, and there's nothing like the feeling I get when somebody actually really loves what you just did for them, mm-hmm. you know, and then the opportunity to let them know that that wasn't me. <laughs> right. If that was me, I'd have stole something from you. Right. You know, yeah. That, well, that, that was God in me. And, and all those coincidences and all those getting off, uh, getting out of jail free and all that, God was setting you up for where you are now. Yeah. Well, the, he, knew where, uh, he knew where he was taking you. There's no testimony without a test. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right. I had to go through that stuff because God's plan wasn't necessarily that. He would rather me have been, you know, oh, whatever sure. from the start. But he takes the devil's bad and turns it into our good. Mm-hmm. You know? Man, I'm preaching it. You know, he 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 kept me alive so that I could yes, do did. something because there's other people that are lost and absolutely they just need somebody who can relate with them to just right. say something. And God it's not me. God, God, God brought that person to me and he brought me to them. Right. And now he's counting on me to open my mouth. Right. If because you don't, he, somebody he, else will. Well, if he brings me up to to him and I don't say nothing, mm-hmm. then he just goes the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing happened. And God's like, dude, you're supposed to say uh-huh. something. Well, what better like person to talk to a prisoner <laughs> than someone who's been there? Yeah. That's right. I can tell you, I, I do my testimony in prison sometimes, and I say, yeah, I'm a drunk from Orlando. And every drunk in the place and everybody from Orlando comes and sees me after I get done talking. Mm-hmm. So every. Because they got commonality. Right. And so then I had the opportunity to uh, uh, share the gospel. I got mm-hmm. a, a really good friend of mine, Gary. He uh, he taught me. The Rev. The Rev. No, it's a different Gary. Oh, it oh, is. Oh, different D- Gary. Di- oh, okay. Different Gary. Different Gary. This particular Gary, he taught me uh, uh, evangelism explosion on how to share the gospel. You know, and it, it was amazing because the prior to. Uh, me meeting him and him teaching me how to do it. I'd been to prison a couple of times and I never had the uh, opportunity to lead somebody, you know, to Christ, you know, to, to invite Christ into their life. And when I went to the uh, evangelism, excuse me, evangelism explosion class, dude, it was like uh, 
every time I went, it's like five, 10, 15 guys because I knew how to do it. Right. Before I was just talking to them about God, you know, which is okay and stuff. But in in, in a prison, you, you you know, I don't have an hour to talk to you. I get right. I get about 10, 15 minutes. So you you need to relationship building is what it's about. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to listen to stuff just because I say it. I got to get some kind of rapport, right. you know, trust or something like that so that when I can start talking to you. And so that 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 changed a lot of things for me. And I I I people ask me all the time about different things or whatever and I said, dude, whatever's happening, it really doesn't matter. You know why? And I said, no, I said, I, I'm going to heaven. <laughs> so whatever's going on down here, car crash, whatever, things like that, th- those are just things that happen to us. They're not, they don't define us. No. Okay. There's just they're they're just experiences that we have. Uh, I and they're a test. Yep. I used to define myself as an alcoholic. I'm a drunk. I'm a jailbird. That's not who I am. Well, you're I, a child that's right. I'm, Amen. I'm, I'm a child of God. Those are things that happen to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and God brought me through it, even though I didn't know he was. And he set you up good. Yeah. And you so did. so here I am, you know. Yeah. I don't I don't know how many people are listening, but I, I a hope, bunch. Well, I, I, I wanna hope. I wanna ask you, since you went through that course that you were talking about, Ross, and this has been on my heart before we started tonight. Uh last week, actually the name of the session was the Jesus Prayer. And there was a couple of comments at the at the end at during the week. And I was wondering if you could actually say the prayer to the extent that you give them the time to say it and say it now. So you say a sentence short enough that they can say it and then say another one and then they can say it. So yes. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm, I'm well, asking if you could do that. Yeah, I can do that. The, uh, one of the things that in, in the thing that I, I usually carry something around, it's got commas. <laughs> uh-huh. Everywhere there's a comma, that's where you stop. Right. <laughs> and repeat after me. And then you stop at the I'm sure you've done enough. You remember it, right? Yeah. Well, I, I, I remember the gist of it, not word for word, but I can I can get us there. All right. Well, then that's what I would like to happen right now is, again, say a phrase short enough that they can actually yeah. say it where they're at and then the next one and get them through it. And then we'll talk to you, talk to the listeners afterwards. Okay. Go ahead. Go well, ahead, uh, one, one of the things I want anybody who's considering doing this is to understand, you know, what 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 we're actually doing here. You know, I I know people that uh, I talk to people all the time, and it's like they'll they'll, they'll say the prayer just to be saying it or things like that, mm-hmm. and to understand that this 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 is between you and and God. You know, you're you're in a room by yourself or with a group of people. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. And you know, we, it's got to come from your heart. We believe with our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and mm-hmm. you will be saved. And so, Romans nine twenty three. Yep. So if 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 you're tired, of whatever life you're living, and 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 you want to see a change, then you know this is a a a great way to start. So I'm going to start off, and then I'll just say a sentence, and then uh, I'll get pause, and then give you a moment to repeat to yourselves, and then I'll continue on to. The well, end. they can say it out loud wherever they're at. Yeah, we won't be able to hear you, but... God will. (laughs) You can say it out loud. Okay. Dear Jesus, I come to you in prayer right now, and I ask you for your gift of salvation. I receive your gift of salvation. 
Forgive me of my sins, whatever they are, and change my heart. Help me to change my mind that I would do things that you would have me do. I pray that you just, oh, that you have your Holy Spirit live in me. Help me to repent or turn away from my sins. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Anybody out there that had said that prayer along with Eddie, uh, contact us, and we can uh, possibly either get you in touch with Eddie or we can help you uh, the best we can uh, for your next step or two. And um, we hope to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, the God Stories Radio website is up there, and you can contact us on that. You can also drop us a line, godstoriesradio at gmail.com. And what else can they do, Mikey? They, they can twit us. They can twit us. Twit us. On Twitter. Is that a twit? <laughs> <laughs> and be sure to like us on Facebook because one of the absolute pleasures that we have every week is to mention the likes on Facebook. Yes. I, we just get the biggest kick out of that. And mm -hmm. it's the easiest way to follow us, get updates. Uh, Mikey puts um, pictures and quotes up there that are very inspirational and he does that right. on a weekly basis. And uh, it's just there for you. And uh, to encourage you and and uh, whatnot, we just uh, thank you so much. I want to thank everybody on Mixler tonight. Man, we've got 10, 15 listeners up there. I, well, I can't see everybody uh, who you are, but uh, I can see Janelle, Cheryl, Marshall, and Jude, Tracy, and three others. And um, we just thank you for uh, for listening. You dialed into a good one. We want to thank our, our watchers on YouTube tonight. And you can follow us on YouTube. And we have faces for radio so that you can... Uh, <laughs> You can dial in and see what we look like and, and listen all at the same time. And um, if, you if you listen to us on iHeart, uh, we would love you to uh, follow us on iHeart. Just follow us. Yeah. yeah. How about if they follow us on Spotify? You, they can do that? They can do that. Okay, cool. You better believe it. It's like right. iHeartRadio. So, uh, yep, you can follow us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes. And like us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. So many ways, uh, so many avenues that God has given us to to get uh, good testimonies and, and encouragement out there. And we just thank you so much. And speaking of testimonies, we need yours. We need yours. God's tugging at your heart. We'll take it any way we can get it. You can come by like Eddie did and, and sit in the studio and have coffee with us. Or, or you can uh, call like Alex did from Canada last week. Yeah, not California. Yeah. <laughs> but Canada. <laughs> Or you can just write it. We've had people write uh, their testimony down and send it in, and we're, we'll read it. Or a stint in their day that was God-filled. You better believe it. All right. Wonderful. Well, thanks for being with us. That wraps it up for Session 158. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. God I'm bless. Ready. God bless. God bless. God bless. No one would love me if they knew All the things I hide My words fall to the floor as tears drip through the telephone line. 
Standing there 